I'm Loza. I'm Isaias. And this is Light and Love with Loseas, the podcast. We're a young married couple living in Los Angeles. Walking by faith and doing so transparently. Our hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling inspired as we explore matters of light, love, and life. Thanks for tuning in. Friend, how many of us have them? Friends, those you can depend on. I'm talking about friends. How many of us? <laughs> Can't even take himself seriously, guys. Ooh, that is the question we'd like to know. Yes, yes, that is the question. Yeah. That is the uh, focal point of today's episode. And before we get there, welcome to yeah. our sixth episode? Fifth episode. Fifth episode. Yes. Fifth episode. Getting ahead of myself. Uh, Light and Love. Yeah, this is episode five of Light and Love with Loseus as we touch on love. Um, thank you for those of you guys that are tuning in. We're happy to have you again. And we just wanted to welcome you guys and thank you, first and foremost, for all of you that have yes. gone online and done a review. You guys are so good to us. So good and so encouraging. And so we wanted to say thank you. We did want to do a couple shout outs for a couple people that have um, put a few reviews out on Apple. Um, one Only the good ones, though. Yeah, I want to read one coming in from Mandeep. He okay. says, definitely a podcast worth subscribing to. Mm. I thoroughly enjoy this podcast. I like how transparent both Loza and Isaiah are with their thoughts. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about this is that they are comfortable with challenging each other's opinions while remaining highly respectful. One of the healthiest couples I've seen online with great messages to spread. We'll be listening closely to the podcast for years to come. Mandeep. Mandeep. We, we appreciate you, man. That's my guy. And... Yeah, we met, like we, we keep we keep it spicy, that's for sure. So <laughs> I appreciate you tuning in and encouraging us as we just kind of navigate thank what it looks Mandy. like to have different, you know, opinions. That was very show. nice of you. Yeah, thank you. What else? What else we got? Um, we have one coming in from an Mnet K who says, "Love this podcast. Y'all keep it real while having an honest and open conversation about topics that many do not explore." So, we're trying. You, we're trying. Thank you for observing that yeah. and uh, validating our efforts. Absolutely. So those are just a couple of the other reviews that were also on Apple Podcasts. Um, for those of you guys that don't use Apple, I know a lot of you guys are Spotify users as well. Uh, you can click on the podcast. There should be three ellipses right at the top. Click it and at least you can put in a rating on the podcast. So. Thank you for that, and without further ado... Let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. Okay, Loza, I have a very serious... Mulan. Huh? <laughs> I said oh, Mulan. Mulan, definitely. <laughs> all right, Loza, I have a very serious question for you. What is that? And I've been ruminating on this all week, okay? How would you define a friend? That's a good question. So, before we get into the definition, I just want to say... and a disclaimer out there since we're really good at doing disclaimers <laughs> that when Isaiah's pitched the idea of having an episode podcast about friendship I cringed on the inside why did you cringe Lisa? I cringed on the inside because I'm really good at being transparent kind of sharing my journey um, but this topic makes me have to get vulnerable ah, and I don't know <laughs> How I feel about that. So much so that like this topic is so deeply just such a 
interesting topic in my household when I told my my siblings that we were going to talk about friendship. We collectively all did a ah. Um, and so, as you'll discover in this episode, I am being very transparent. I'm being very vulnerable because it's something that <clears throat> I am still learning in adulthood. The reason I say that is because it's been very hard for me to pinpoint what like the definition of a friendship is. And I've kind of struggled with this in the entirety of my life. We can get into reasons why. As to what is a friend? What is an acquaintance? What is a close friend? What, you know, how do you identify those things? And now that I'm seeing Sayla kind of growing up and, you know, you're kind of seeing them from elementary, like she's making friends and like learning to make friends. I'm like having to learn from her almost at an elementary level what it means to like, Make a friend. What is a friend? Who I does said, she identify I said, as a friend? I, I asked you the question, what is a friend? That's a lot of know. preamble. <laughs> that is a lot of preamble for a very so, simple question. It is. It is. But so I think a, a, a good friend to me is something that I would identify as a good friend for my daughter. So I had to be, like, I'm getting there. You gotta enjoy my like prefacing. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm I mean, telling the story here, baby boy. I'm, I'm here. I'm hearing a lot of nervous energy right now. That's, that's all I'm sensing. Um, and I want you to speak from the heart. What yeah. is? What? What is? Just think about it for a second. Because okay. like okay. you're saying to me, what I'm hearing you say is you have some trepidation about what it means to be a friend to someone. It made you feel certain things. Yeah. So as we try to unpack that, this what is would a therapy be, session too. Maybe. Oh maybe. my gosh. What would? Oh. What would a what would the most idealized version of a friend, without even trying to like make it about what someone else defines it as, no. like what would what would like it mean to you to have like a really good friend? Yes, someone that is kind, someone that has similar values as I do, and someone that challenges me to be better. I think when I boil it down, those would be the three things, because so that's what I want for my daughter. <laughs> I want someone kind. Someone that has the same values. Can I can I ask you something that and might also, stress you out? Also, I'm already stressed <laughs> out. You guys don't understand the bullets and beads of sweat you, that I'm sweating. You on chose the to walk into this gauntlet right alongside me. Okay. You're gonna flip the tables on me too. Okay, good. Um, so if that's what you've defined, right? Uh, someone who's kind, someone who's like-minded, and what was the third one? Like-minded, and then also makes me better. Great. Challenges so me. If those are the three me. that you think define a good friend, what do you think? makes it hard to find a good friend? That's another very good question, Isaiah Tedros. Um, I think, you know, maybe for me, I, when I say it like that, it seems like it's so general and it's so easy on the surface level, but there are a lot of nuances to finding someone that's, you know, same value system as you, someone that's extremely kind to you and has your quote-unquote best interests at heart. That's what I mean when I say someone that's kind yeah. and then someone that makes me want to be better. Um, and that piece, best interest at heart, is not always easy to discern, right? Correct. Yeah, I think it's just challenging as a female to trust people that d- to determine, yeah, who really does have my best interest at heart, who appreciates me for who I actually am as a person, flaws and all, um, and who can I find that's going to pour into me not just say nice things around me because i feel like a lot of the times i have very few people that are willing to check me if you're willing to check me that to me is a sign of like okay so you really are out for my growth my spiritual growth my emotional growth me as a person in my entirety now do i hopefully welcome that kind of conversation with people i would hope so but i don't often get that because we're too busy playing buddy buddy or nice you know and so that may 
forces me to kind of create a buffer as like, oh, this is just a friendly friendship. You think people are afraid of you? No. <laughs> Maybe, do I give up? No. <laughs> No, I'm, maybe I'm I being, give no, up a scaredy cat. Why are you? Scaredy. I mean, but you said you yeah. said like in terms of checking. What do you mean by that? Like, yeah, I think. First of all, are you acknowledging that you need to be checked? Yeah, there are plenty of things <laughs> I, I got to be checked about. I mean, if we're gonna keep it real, I'd be talking off the cuff sometimes, folks. Um, but yeah, someone that's like willing to pour into me and you know when I say check me that's like a very like harsh term but like someone that's like actually no no Loza I don't think that's right you know or no Loza do you do that and the the only people I don't say the only people in my life that do that but most unapologetically who do that are my sisters who I identify as friends but now I'm in adulthood having to ask well can my closest my you know three, the way that Jesus had his top three, he had his 12, his disciples, and then he had the crowd. Can your three just be your husband and your siblings? Like, is that fair? I'm so glad you mentioned me because I was about to ask about why I was being erased from this conversation. (laughs) And if that was the game we were going to play, I I was going to just continue to carry down that path. But okay, it's good to know that I I made it into the inner circle. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I'm struggling with this conversation because there's a desire for me to expand that top three to like people outside of my siblings, people that I can like share my ugly parts with, you know, while still feeling like they would be kind, right? And want the betterment for me and be able to advise me accordingly and tell me what's right while also still challenging me and sharpening me and living a life that I actually respect and admire. Um, And a lot of times people will present that, but when you kind of peel back the layers, it's like, oh, are you walking and talking the same business? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's not often the case. Um, but I, we, Isaiah yeah. and I are very polar opposites in this regard. Polar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's why this conversation is such an interesting one in our household is because our upbringings are so different. Our backgrounds and the way that our families view friendship and what that looks like for us looks different as well. So um, you can share on what you would define as a friendship in your life. I'm so glad you asked. you have so many. Um, so I think th- there's so many different ways to define this. One way of simplifying it that kind of resonated with me as I was thinking about it is intimacy. Mm. And not sexual intimacy, you weirdos. I know <laughs> what some of you were thinking. <laughs> no. Um, you know, intimacy in the sense that you are someone that is close, has proximity, and then by virtue of that, someone that is trust trusted, uh, and just like I think there's something to this proximity piece that comes with intimacy that essentially communicates that you're someone who wants the best for me, who's willing to do life with me, mm-hmm. who, by virtue of going through the different phases. You are someone that is just here for the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that is a byproduct of history. Like someone's just been around for so long, they've seen everything. But then sometimes it's you don't even have to be around that that long to you know establish that kind of intimacy. Like sometimes you meet someone and they're just willing to you know be present even in moments that maybe their time they've known you does not warrant, but. Uh, that proximity and that intimacy is there. Um, so that's like one way I like to think about it. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel like I've been afforded the opportunity to make a lot of different kinds of friends over my life. Some relationships that have changed in proximity, but I think part of what's freed me, and we've talked about this too, Mm -hmm. is because I don't put pressure on any one person to be my everything, Mm. except you, of course. You better. I was like, you better put an asterisk on this conversation. Just for clarification's sake, Loza is my best friend. For life. First and foremost. Okay. Okay? Now that we got that out of the way. Okay. um, I mean, I don't. Uh, Oh, thanks, babe. But like, you know, particularly as it relates to like the different friends that I have in different walks of life, whether it's like people I grew up with or college or people I met in my adulthood, I've took a lot of pressure off myself organically just by virtue of letting people like I let people be that thing to me. And I don't expect one person to be like all the different facets that make me appreciate the totality of a friend. Mm. That makes sense. You know, like you, you mentioned, just don't label it. You just let it be what it is. I just let it be what it is. And yeah. I, I can find value in whatever that person has to bring. Mm-hmm. And I can celebrate that piece. And that might be my thing with that person, but mm-hmm. I can have a totally different thing with another person yeah. and a totally different thing with another person. Yeah. And I think that's, Kind of a like freeing thing, which I I, I think works. No, that's, I think works. That's great. I think that's been a challenge for me is always trying to put that all those expectations onto one person. So I'm very quick to like discredit someone. I'm like, oh well, you know, I need someone that's a go getter, that's got a go getter energy. They may be really kind and you know someone that seems trustworthy, but maybe slacking in different parts of their life. And when I look at that collectively, I'm like, that's not sharpening me. That's not making me push the needle. Um, And so therefore they can't be my inner circle, you know? And I think that's interesting that you point out that different people can bring different things to the table and that still be the case. But that being said, and I'll let you continue, I think it is imperative to, and I don't know, maybe we don't have to identify, right? Like, are we supposed to identify people? It's like, that's my best friend. That's not my best friend. That's a friend. That's an acquaintance. Right. I'm always like bugging Isaiah. So I'm like, who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? Almost like something that's like so, yeah, so school energy. You know what I mean? Versus just letting relationships be what they are. I don't know if it's my desire to always want to label something that prompts well, me to do that. You know what? Like I, so that's, that's the way I've seen it, right? And as I continue to hear you talk about how you think about it, I actually can make an argument for your side of uh, how you look at friendships in that way too. Mm-hmm. Because if I was to play devil's advocate and look at maybe the downside for how I look at friendships, deep friendships in that way, I think maybe looking at friendships that way creates too many opportunities for making excuses for people. You know, like let's just say, for example, you. You want your friends to be people who are going to uh, be aligned with you enough to the point where you they're going to push you further along in the mm-hmm. way that you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So one benefit to how you think about friendships in that way is that you're pr- really selective. And in doing so, you're not just going to let anybody into your life that's going to potentially pull you astray from where you're going. Correct. And I think that's I think that's I think there's something powerful to that. Yeah. The, the other side of that coin is that maybe being so selective in that way makes you prevent, prevents you from really seeing people for who they are 
and you maybe just self-sabotage what could be a positive thing. That's, I'm actually glad that you're describing it that way because I think that's exactly why I struggle is for so long growing up, you know, my dad always used to say like, show me your friends and I'll show you, show you your future, which, you know, it's often said like you are the sum total of your five closest friends. And so a lot of the times, even my family, you know, are at our nuclear core and um, just general view in light of friendship and community, my family was very tight-knit. We didn't have very many, like, friends that we entertained. It was kind of like acquaintances, things of that nature, but not anything to where you had very intimate friends that were also involved with, like, family business and things on the inside. And I think it was more so that our parents taught us, you know, families, everything, blood is first, blood is thicker than water. And then, in addition, the power that a friendship has to deter you or lead you down the wrong path can really affect your life. And so I think maybe without knowing a sense of fear was created and who I connect myself with, and a lot of that's geared in how people sharpen me and push me forward and help me see past myself, you know? And yeah, not only is that a fair point from my dad, I mean, that's even scripturally bound, like bad company corrupts good character, you know? So I think while it's a good thing to help you be selective, it also can be kind of crippling because then it's like I have, and when I make the choice for who's going to be in my circle, who my friends are going to be, right. I can't mess up. Some high stakes. And I can't, exactly. Like stakes. you put such high stakes on it and um, it just makes it a little bit more challenging to just be open to people and let people be who they are and allow relationships to build organically, you know? On the flip side, again, I'm going to just, continue to advocate for why I think maybe the way you're looking at it Mm -hmm. is also has some positives to it because like, you know, even though I, you know, have friendships in so many different facets of my life. And like I said, I don't need one person to be my everything in that way. I think maybe one downside to that is that those people are not always aligned with me in the ways that I find to be truly important to me. And while I don't need everyone to think exactly like me or to be exactly like me, if there are certain things about my life that I feel like are really important and I am have a clear vision and direction as to where I'm going, and if, and if a person that I identify as close to me does not align in that way, then maybe that begs the question, how deep is that friendship? Mm. You know, And I think maybe that's another way to look at it, which perhaps I haven't given enough uh, thought to that side of that perspective until we mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. talked about it in the past mm-hmm. a little bit. Would realizing that maybe you do or you don't have that in your life prompt you to go on a journey of finding friends? Do you go out looking for friends? Or to be do you quite honest with you, at this juncture in my life, I do not want any more friends. Um, Why does everybody say hashtag <laughs> no new friends? I a- mean, to be no, I mean, like, look, obviously, if the right, if you meet somebody and it, you see that alignment and it's organic, then of course you, mm-hmm. you'll do that. But I really don't want new friends. I'm not looking for it, nor do I have the time wow, or the energy. Wow, you sound like the screw. I'm, I'm, maybe it's just the old man in me, but like <laughs> I, I just don't really have a need for mm-hmm. searching for that because mm-hmm. I've met enough good people who I feel like are stuck with me for, for life, you know, yeah. for better or for worse. And, you know, maintaining good friendships takes time and energy. Yeah, I you was know? gonna say, do you feel like you put in uh, a certain amount of work to maintain those. Like I know, especially in adulthood, it takes even more work, I think, with each passing year because you have other engagements, right? Career shows up, then you 
potentially get married, you have children, you have so many things vying for your attention and your time. Maintaining well, that, you have to make a conscientious choice and say, you know what, this is something that I value. Well, I'm going right to Right now, cultivate. my three best friends are taking up a lot of bandwidth. Those are Loza, Selah, and Christian. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> needy, They're needy taking up people. a lot of bandwidth right now. So, um, no, but like, yeah, maintaining good friendships definitely takes time and energy. But one thing I will say, a quality about friendships that I tend to really appreciate in the ones that I do have is that even for some of my friends who I haven't seen in months, in some cases, it could even be a year or so. Whenever we pick back up, it's like nothing changed. Yeah. And I think that is, to me, a hallmark sign of a really good friendship is that, you know, you could just pick up and there's no there's no weird feelings about like, oh, where you been? What's that about? Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, we pick up and we and it's just like you didn't miss a beat. And I think that's uh, part of the DNA of what it means to be a good friend to me, too. Yeah, no, that's great. Because then you don't have to put the pressure on that person to be in the same place as you. And you it can also, still maintain those Right, and it also as well. and it also takes into account the realization that as as we grow, there are certain aspects of our life that take precedence and push you in one way or another, even if you're not always going in the same exact mm-hmm. direction. But there's no love lost, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 intimacy that I that I spoke to, that proximity doesn't necessarily have to be physical, right? Mm. It's like that That could also just mean that wherever I am, wherever you are, I know you have the best for me and, and I want the best for you. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that I can do for you, if, if there's ever anything that you need, I'll stop whatever I'm doing and meet you where you're at. Yeah. And vice versa, you no, know? That's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, and I'm asking these questions more so as I'm discovering for myself, like whether or not friendships are a necessary part of life are outside of like marriage you know that's already a built-in friendship based off of what you understand and the nature of your relationships with your friends is friendship necessary to live life well i would say 100 percent um and actually i look i don't know the verse off the top of my head uh um so i'll have to come i I have a couple there's there's a verse that talks about like the need to like gosh i'm really gonna butcher this but like and I'll you find it later. It. Yeah, but there's a verse that talks about like the need to constantly lift each other up or purport or something like that. Um, and the, and the, the, the function of friendships is one where you do need to actually be there for someone to lift them up in the different trials or whatever that we're going mm-hmm. through, right? I don't know mm-hmm. what the verse is. Uh, I feel like it might be in like Psalms or Proverbs. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, ultimately, you know, I, to your to your question, I really do think there is... A necessity to you know be in friendship with people because ultimately if this life that we're living is about uh community and the people just outside of ourselves then you, you, if we were to think that life is only about m- me mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. and and the people that i find to be a part of my tribe meaning like my immediate family then i think you really miss out on the beauty that is life you know mm-hmm. life is about How community so? mm-hmm. life is about the people around us, you know, the Bible, uh, one of the huge narratives of the Bible is about your neighbor, loving your neighbor as yourself, That's you good, know, yeah. and I think in order to really live that out truthfully and fully, you have to look outside of yourself, you yeah. know, um, and I think we miss something when we just make the center of our universe, our, ourself and our own family, when in reality, I think Christ, the example that Christ left for us is one of you know, laying your life down for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love that. That 
and even at hearing you say like loving your neighbor I asked to myself well can that just be someone that's like at an arm's length away and like someone that um is not necessarily intimate or close to you but then it makes me have to question well at the core of it then is that really love love you know is willing to bear burdens with other people right. love is patient love is kind you know it um holds no records of wrongs and so a lot of these things are inherent in the nature of a friendship and so as you're loving your neighbor you're building authentic friendship with people uh and that might just be the holy spirit convicting your oh. girl right oh. now because i think for the longest time i've just always believed oh well i just have my family i'm cool you know i'm cool off that like i'm good i'm comfortable but as I'm thinking about it, if God's greatest command is to love the Lord your God um, and to love your neighbor as yourself, you know, love would should breed certain levels of friendship. And it's not, I think in Christian culture too, we've gotten to a point where ministry and outreach and like loving your neighbor, it's almost like doing it as a task of like, you know, the Good Samaritan story where you're going and like, helping people in their in their struggles, helping people in their challenges, but like authentically loving and creating a sense of intimacy as you described what is friendship, you know, that's also inherent to the nature of love requires that you get close and that you let people into your life and it's not something you do just to do, you know? Right. It's not a ministry opportunity or it's not anything of that nature, but it's living with people, growing with people, doing with people just because. And I think at the core of um, the heart of Christ, that's what it is. And it says, like, no greater love has anyone than this that he would lay down his life for his friends, right? And I know that. And I know that in, <clears throat> in memorized verses. And if you ask me, like, would you die for your friends, you know, and my Christian side says yes. But I'm like, on the other side, you know, that means my siblings. <laughs> yes, yeah. I would die for my siblings. But... You know, am I doing life closely enough with people that I'm willing to die on their behalf, that I'm willing to take on their burdens and live and struggle and work with them? You know what I mean? That's a tough question and I, to and ask. I think, and you, you, speaking of the Good Samaritan that you just brought up, I actually think the Good Samaritan story only further supports this idea of good friendship because, mm -hmm. like, this the Samaritan was the least likely person mm -hmm. to... To, that should have stopped on behalf of the, the person who was mm -hmm. kind of on the side of the road, right? Mm -hmm. But I think in the same way, our our availability for our friends, even mm -hmm. when it's not something that's convenient or something mm -hmm. that makes sense, I think is a sign of what it means to be a good neighbor, a good friend. Mm -hmm. If if I was stuck in the middle of work and a, and a friend of mine mm -hmm. said that they needed me for something, then... I'm not a good friend if I'm not willing to stop whatever I'm doing. If you called me and you mm -hmm. said that there's something going on that, you know, is going to be a disruption to whatever we have in the middle of our day, it, I'm not a good friend unless I'm willing to stop what I'm doing to really meet you where you're at, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that story also really speaks to um, one of the hallmarks of what it means to be a good friend, you know, mm -hmm. which is really st stopping what you're doing and really meeting somebody where they're at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah. You're creating a bridge with that person saying, yeah. I'm willing to connect with you as a human being, including all of who you are, right? Your shortcomings, not just, and to be honest, maybe one of the reasons friendship has been so challenging for me, it's because I'm expecting things polished without viewing it in mm. the light of what Christ has expected it to be, that you're connecting with the humanity in another person 
and vulnerability and you're willing to say, you know what, I'm willing to ride with you, you know, regardless. Despite, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's crazy. And to think that, yeah. like, yeah. Christ was willing to do that for the sake of the world, like, literally die on behalf of our sins and carry the weight for us, people, you know, undeserving and people that weren't, like, aligned with him just yet. We weren't yeah. vibing with him just yet. We weren't making him any better, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, all the things that I've defined it as. If Christ is willing to do that, then there is something to be said of there can be friendships can be found in any any environment you're willing to create a bridge and willing, will, I think, is the key will, word, though. willing to create like, a bridge. Because yeah. what, what is it like? Why do you think we because like the reality is we're not going to be friends with everybody. So what is it that makes one person more likely to be a friend than another? You know, I think there has to be something that that draws us to them, whether we whether it's a commonality, whether it's something that we admire, mm -hmm. whether it's something that, you know, we're inspired by, something has to trigger you to identify something in another person that makes you say, oh, I see that person as a as someone that I can be a friend to, or they mm -hmm. can be a friend to me, or I would like to be a friend to, mm -hmm. you know, because what would you say? I think that that, so based off of what I, you know, what I'm discovering, I think Anybody can be a friend, but in terms of, and that goes back to Jesus's, like me going back to the only example that I, think we're I talking, know. I think we're all, we're not talking about just like an acquaintance. When we say that's friend, what, we're talking that's about. That's what I was saying. Even yeah. in an acquaintance, like when I say that word friend, that's a very loose term, right? right? Your neighbor, that means like people. Right, right, right. But even Jesus had his three, you know, um, and then he had his 12 disciples and then he had the crowds, you know, and I think that. As you, as, you, right as you hone in and choose, okay, you know what, you know, I am going to do life with these people. We're going to operate on the same wavelength. That comes with one, discernment from the Holy Spirit, I would imagine, and then two, just a vulnerability on your end. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's all that I can picture as to, like, why Jesus would even choose the 12. Yep. It took prayer and discernment from him, you know. To be able to I, I do actually that. Think, I actually think friendships really resemble uh, romantic relationships just minus the romantic part. Mm -hmm. You know? Because, like, you have to be willing to come to the table with a willingness to get hurt, potentially. Mm -hmm. You know? And maybe, I don't know. Maybe guys and girls see it a little bit differently. Oh, yeah. Um, guys will be like, my sister said, guys just be like, yeah, bro, I love wings. He's like, I love wings too. <laughs> I, and I, then just bond I, over that. And I'm like, why is it so easy for you guys? Is, I think, you know what? Like, I don't have the right answer for this. I don't know the exact answer for this. But I think off the top, I think it's easier for guys to be friends with one another because the thing, the prerequisite that guys oftentimes need is just mutual respect. And I think you can earn, you can, you can earn mutual respect pretty quickly and easily especially if you just afford it to someone off the bat until mm -hmm. they prove to you otherwise. Mm -hmm. Women, I feel like we need to trust. Right. You know, and be able to confide because we have a lot more to share, I feel like, a lot more that we want to offload, get comfort from. And you've, you've seen the analogy of how, like, even guys and girls, when they interact, guys are quick problem solvers, want to just solve problems yeah. quickly. Whereas women, we just want to <laughs> talk. We just need you to listen, you know? And so you having a friend that you can confide in where you're talking and venting and just verbalizing feelings and emotions and frustrations, that trust has to be earned almost. But um, 
we don't trust each other even, which makes it just difficult, you know? Yeah. There's like a, there was a, there was a hilarious meme I saw on Instagram or somewhere where two guys, so it showed a sequence of two guys essentially crossing paths over the course of like three interactions at the gym. Mm -hmm. The first time they're both like by the dumbbells and Mm -hmm. they're just using the similar equipment. The second time they are at the same place, but then they look at each other and they acknowledge each other. The third time they recognize each other again, dap each other up, exchange numbers, and then they walk out like arm in arm type of thing. It's just like, it's it's really that easy sometimes. It's so simple. (laughs) And you know what? Sometimes maybe it should be that simple just, just to start. I mean, of course you're going to have to eventually go deeper to see what's really behind the surface. But Mm -hmm. sometimes maybe, especially if you're someone who's, open to more friendships then maybe you have to keep it simple just to allow more people into your proximity to see what's really behind the layers for people you know i think i think discrediting people before you get to really know them maybe is sometimes you know half the half the problem i agree and i often will do that i'm like oh well check 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 you know and maybe it's just being open i think openness and being able to be vulnerable is important um if you is there like a magic number that you would have in your head if you could identify like a golden number of the perfect amount of girlfriends is there such a thing three like jesus what do you mean (laughs) stop it stop it and i think she meant that to be honest i actually did so three Three. Three. and three is my lucky number so that seems like it's do you think that you could have a close uh friendship with a guy outside of my best friend Isaiah Tedros no seriously my husband absolutely not why not wow you that seems like for women assuming assuming I had no problem with it and it was a really solid good dude and he is aligned in values we can be friends slash acquaintances but come on bro Having a best friend that's a guy while I'm a married woman that's not my husband. I didn't necessarily say best friend. I just said like a really good friend in the same way we're talking about. Like, yeah, good friends, of course. Or, like people or that you know, you, like, sorry, best friend. In my, best si- friend. In my best si- friend. singleness, I had a lot of friends that How about were best friend? guys. Best friend. Um, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't believe that you can be platonic with a male while being married. Are you kidding me? Isaiah, I hope you're not about to surprise me <laughs> with no nonsense today. If you ain't got no other best friends outside of me, uh, Lose, your wife. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fess up right now Next in public. Question. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm serious. Like, I don't think that that's a thing. Um, only because, yeah, put. It's very difficult when you're opening up to somebody, when you're bearing one another's burdens, when you're doing all these things. How about if how about if we had a shared be- guy best friend? He how about if he was both of our best friends? <laughs> what? I actually don't even know how to answer. No, that. meaning he wasn't just your best friend, he was also my friend. Yeah, we can have a mutual friend, but so then it all, is okay. you only have one best friend on planet Earth and that's me. I know that. <laughs> That's why I don't, I don't even like the word best friend, to be honest. So, like, yeah. I, I don't even think it's helpful for a conversation like this one. I think you and can maybe have where a, I'm taking this a conversation is not friend. Maybe where I'm taking this conversation is not helpful, period. Yeah. But I don't know. I I, I wanted to, like, do get you, it. Do you think you can have a best friend slash very close 
friend that's a girl while you're a married man? Well, before I answer that question, let me answer this question. I say it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, for example, when I was in college, this question would come up all the time. Like, oh, like I had a particular girl that was my home girl. Okay. And I was like, yeah, that's that's my homie. Like, that's one of my best friends. Do I know her? Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about her name after. Um, but I was like, a- a- anytime I said that to people, they were always looking at me like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. But, like, there really was nothing going on whatsoever. I'm some type and I of can tell you, I can tell you right now, she really hadn't, like, she really had nothing that she was looking at me like that for, you know? How do you know? I mean, look, of course, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a good-looking man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Where are we going with this conversation? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, my, my point is, not the, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly not saying that she's blind to who I... For those of you guys that cannot see this, I am rolling my eyes with just the strength of a river here. <laughs> no, my point is, that was truly a relationship, and I mean this on both ends, where it was truly just friendship and there was really nothing going on there. And I think that's possible, but there are people who really don't think that is possible. And I think you actually rob yourself of like really seeing people for who they are or just like, you can't, I don't know. I feel like you can't just over-sexualize, people can't over-sexualize every type of interaction. Yes, I think in the context of marriage is different okay, because good. we're talking about, again, proximity and intimacy, which maybe is not appropriate in this dynamic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just looking at that question at large, I, I think sometimes even people miss out on developing good friendships with the opposite sex when they think that everything has to be about, you know. Because like even like that thing about, sorry to drag your, your pastor into this your Oklahoma pastor Greg Rochelle Craig if you're listening to this podcast I apologize I respect and admire you so much whatever he says I do too I untether myself from this man I respect you too sir hopefully if you hear this one day you can hear the respect in my voice but you say all the time he's like oh I can't if, I, if I'm misquoting this to correct me, but he says all the time, like, oh, you can't be friends or close friends with the opposite sex, or I won't even have a meeting with a... Yeah, he will not have... A, he's a, and wait, I wait, think that's super weird. Paint, paint the picture. He said he will not hold a meeting as a pastor with a woman by herself without the office doors being open or having another person there, which I think is very respectable. One, because he's leaving no confidence in the flesh. I... I Totally agree with that because you just don't know I as actually, a man I or appreciate, as a woman with the opposite. I sex. appreciate his ability or his or his intentionality in trying to preserve what he feels like is important to him. I also feel though that sends like a kind of a, a weird message of saying, I am just a savage and I'm not capable of controlling my loins. And I don't even see you as a person who could be like recognized as a friend and a person. I only see you as a as a sexual object. No, and he, this conversation is now veering into a different, a totally different, place, different thing. Because again, you cannot put any confidence in the flesh, and as long as to a male and a female are put together, you can be friends. But I think it just it creates an opportunity for things to get sexualized. And so, I mean, if you're married, I guess this doesn't apply for you if you're single, because good and well, if you can go friends, what is the saying? Lovers to friends always ends. Friends to lovers last forever something like that so if you're friends and yeah it becomes sexualized and you guys fall in love with each other even better but in the context of marriage honey absolutely not well i mean i 
sit down. Stop. No, no, He's no, trying seriously, to seriously. Make a joke right no, now. No, it's not a joke. Oh. <laughs> I'm nervous. You know, let's just reroute this conversation in a different place. But because that's actually really not even connected to what we were talking about ultimately. Because it really, within the dynamic of marriage, what we were talking about is about the, is the, the dynamic of friendship with another person when you're Correct. married. Correct, yeah. Which is not relevant to the Craig Rochelle thing because that's, he's, that's, that argument's not An even about. acquaintance, No, yeah. no, no, that's, that's, yeah, that's not even about like, you know, close friendship Correct. or whatever. But I still think that whole dynamic about not like sitting down with people is weird. We're going to have to, that's, a, that's another, another topic for another, another episode, yeah. Um, all that being said, I, I really felt like this conversation of friendships belonged really appropriately within the subset of love mm-hmm. because I really do see I really do see these to be very similar to romantic relationships without the romance, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And they're just such an important part to life. And I think that life becomes way richer when you have good friendships. And I hope that we can continue to both grow in that way with the people around us. And even for myself, um I've I've like I've experienced some things that are challenging that I that I think threatened the way I look at relationships. I think to some extent there was a moment where I I felt like I might be a little too naive about my friendships to be honest. Mm-hmm. And as I was kind of going down that path I had to reel it back in because even if I have kind of seen certain friendships with rose-colored glasses, I actually prefer to give everyone the benefit of the doubt because I feel like it's best for it's best for them, it's best for me. And of course you need to hold people accountable, but ultimately I think we have to we have to look at friendships through the lens of our glass half full. That's my yeah. take. Yeah. I like that take. And that's the take that I hope I can grow into <laughs> because I think there's a lot of unpacking that I have to do from, you know, just my own upbringing and how you know, being an Oklahoma girl, I wasn't raised around very many people that looked like me either. And so a lot of my friendships came from, di- you know, diversity and learning that people still accept me for me and my cultural background, growing from there to like growing into adulthood, um, being sharpened spiritually, you know, career wise, all of these things and these like rubrics that I've like play- put in place for myself. But It really is as simple as just looking to the example of Christ, you know, when in doubt of struggling to define what it is, it's anyone that's willing to lay their life down, you know, for their brother. There's no greater love than that. And I think that is the goal to be able to bear with people and live with people and grow with people. And all of that said, it comes at the cost of being vulnerable. And most things, as we know, require a certain level of the best things in life come past that level of fear the best things in life come once you're willing to go through the that vulnerability so maybe i am selling myself short to like really growing intimate relationships with people because of my you know fear of vulnerability or letting people not feeling like i'm an inconvenience to people as well so i think i'm learning and i'm growing as well i think we have to be willing to let people see our cards and be comfortable with whatever they choose to do with them, yep. you know? Um, meaning, if they like the cards and they, they want to, you know, 
Actually, this analogy, I was starting to go down the path of this analogy, and it was not working as I was saying it. I was going to say, and we got to let them play with it. And I was like, that doesn't sound like what I want to say. So I'm going to reroute that, and I'm going to say. What are you trying to say? On one final We got to let people see our cards, and we got to feel comfortable with how they perceive them, how they how they take it, you know? Um, We are who we are. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. If you like who I am, amazing. And if you don't, then maybe I'm not your cup of tea. And that's that's okay, too. I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. But guess what? Well, You're my cup of tea. I was just about to say, <laughs> thank you for being my best friend. Thank you for being a friend. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways, that is an episode for you. And yeah. on that note, we will hear a word from our lovely sponsor. Well, let's see who today's sponsor is. Oh, oh here it is. Uh, it's Tedros Team Realty, a uh, real estate team in Los Angeles, present for your all your buying, selling, investing needs. Hey, look, uh, we have gotten off to a really great and fast start in the 2023 year. Um, we're here for you guys. If you have any questions, we'd love to talk to you. Do not hesitate. Reach out to us on Instagram via email. It is at Tedros Team, T-H-E-O-D-R-O-S, team, uh, or Tedros Team at gmail.com. Um, hit us up. Perfect. And if you liked or even loved today's podcast, you know what to do. Yep. As Isaiah said, smash that subscribe uh, button. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. You should um, feel disgusted. With why? What you just did. It's just cool. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up with the youngins, bro. Um, yeah, just keep up with us. Yeah, uh, uh, leave us a rating on Spotify. You can do a review on Apple, um, and definitely follow us on oh, the socials oh. at Wait Light oh, yes. and Love Life yes. and at Isaiah's. Tedros. Oh, thanks for the shout out. You're welcome. Um, are we going to introduce that one little thing that we were talking about? Oh, yeah, we should. Go ahead. You do it. Okay, I'll do it. Uh, so we thought it would be kind of cool to do a segment called Ask Loseus. And so with each episode, we're planning on doing light, love, and life, as yes. you guys know. And we can compartmentalize your questions into each section. And so if you're asking if we're doing an episode on love... We'll touch on a question about love from you listeners. And so feel free. We'll open it up. Um, Ask us anything. anything okay. Personal. Anything. Yeah. And we're we going to filter the questions. And yeah. Hopefully we might not read it if it's too anything. <laughs> It'll but. be anonymous, obviously. So if you want, you can hit us up on Instagram or you can email us at lightandlove.life at gmail.com. Yeah. And yeah, we look forward to being able to answer some of those questions. Hey, just want you to know that... Um, you're my friend and I appreciate you. Thank you. You're my friend and I appreciate there. you. <laughs> and of course, you guys are our friends too. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. We love y'all. Until next time. Peace. 